slightly different and a few topics that we we're going to cover that we post on social media a few days ago. So he's all looking forward to this new format? Meh. Meh. <laughs> I was looking forward to it more the last time you asked yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, well, we'll move forward with it anyway because I'm the host and you're not. <laughs> well, we're both hosts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, on tonight's show, we will be looking back at this year's Six Nations. The guys will discuss what the future holds for Joe Schmidt. Chris will be happy to recount how the first European games between Liverpool and United ended up. Formula One started this weekend with an almighty bang in Melbourne and much more. But uh, as first, as always, let me ask a question, please. Okay. All right. So, so Six Nations is over and done with for another year, so I have to do one last Six Nations question for you. <laughs> so it's behind us now. Um, so what I want to know is how many drop goals were scored in this year's Six Nations? Okay, he's got that. He's about luck. A bit confused more than anything else to be honest right now. I have the question. You have the question. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's, there's, no, there's no dispute disputing anything in that question, is there? No. I haven't asked that one before. Have I? The Six Nations. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> on to this week's show. Um, and I suppose started off, one, only one place started off the Six Nations. Um, We'll have a little review of the 2016 Six Nations and uh, overall, good Six Nations, bad Six Nations? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's been, uh, probably, yeah, it, it was is. an average Six Nations. I think, obviously from our point of view, with having won the previous two, there was no tension the last day. England already had a title wrapped up. We were already going to be third or fourth. There was nothing major to play for. So it did take away the excitement. First time on the last day, the championship was already wrapped up. Yeah, that, that's surprising because you, you'd think in the past there would have been. I suppose it came down to because of Ireland, Ireland's draw with Wales, it kind of took both of us out of reckoning. So it doesn't happen that often, but it was disappointing that, that if France had beaten Scotland in the fourth round, granted it, it would have been a huge point to, to overturn, but at least there would have been something on the line going into the last game. Um, I think you have to say England were by far the best team. They took their chances superbly and. They put a turnaround from uh, Lady Jones. Yeah, the, like, yeah I, was, I was wondering how what odds you would have got them on doing a Grand Slam when they went out of the World Cup. I think they were still favourites going Oh, when they went out of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know going into the tournament, they were favourites anyway. But who would have been the most rested? <laughs> <laughs> Sly little dig. <laughs> but, 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 but in fact, they also have... Essentially the same group of yeah. players. Yeah, but just better coached and managed. Yeah, different captain. Does that have anything to do with it? I don't think it, it did this time. He was still there. He was still on the pitch. Like, it wasn't as if he was dropped from the squad. Not he's, making decisions. And, and, and he, he, and he is a good player. Yeah. It's just, he's he not well. a good decision maker. Yeah. Because yeah. as, as I think we've discussed before, he's not the captain's in his club either. He's like, he wasn't the captain in his club either. And he doesn't seem like a captain. Like, uh, it's, 
maybe it's unfair on Jamie Heaslip, but I get the same feeling with Heaslip. I'd say he's a great player to have in your team, but he's not he's necessarily he's one leader. He's only one of the loud guys in the team. He'll be a talker, but he doesn't necessarily have to be the captain. Yeah, I, I, I just some people you get a point at and you go guaranteed captain, captain material. Like, as much as I don't like him in football, John Terry is one of those people. Um, you look at Paul O'Connell. Like there are people who were just are, are born leaders. I, I never got the feeling with Chris Robshaw. I think kind of best falls into that category yeah. as well. I, if we're honest, I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I agree. Is he not just getting because he's the most experienced guy there? Nearly, he's also very well liked. That's what came out whenever he was given the captaincy. That came out a lot. That everyone in the squad loves having him around and, and they like his personality, which is important in the squad. Like Roy Keane, you don't have to be liked. Yeah. Like Roy Keane, would, oh, no. Roy Keane would walk in on the train on Monday and wouldn't know how many people talking to him. Hmm? But he was a winner. Yeah, I was in. I think yeah, like like what Stephen said, he is liked and well respected, and there is, I would say, a tradition that you like to have a forward be your captain, just because you think that it might give you a bit of help around the the scrum. But he's not the like he's not the kind of, like Warden is very good at kind of getting in the referee's ear. Mm. I don't think Best does that. You know, no, he's, he's, he's very. You need to air on the You need to step step that line. Of, like McCaw, yeah, like prime example of right on the edge and. The wrong side of it, but getting away with it because you're the captain. Is, is that what you're saying that the Jimmy tends to be they like it to be a forward because they're in and around the action more? Let's say the same way defender and forwards would spend more time with the referee with all the set piece, like the lineouts, exactly. the scrums. Yeah. So if, you think that if you've got someone there close to the referee, it can maybe influence them. But I just don't think that that's what best is good at. You know, I personally don't like the idea of a hooker, anyone in the front three, let's say, because they always come off. Not only that, but like you said, they're in the scrum. They can't see that's going on. If every time they're in the scrum, that's their job. As in, if you look at the flankers, they're, they're looking around. They can see what's happening. They can point at the ref and they look at that guy's phone. I don't even have a problem they can get straight away, but the front three are the second row. second row are stuck no, as well. row. But I don't, I don't have a problem as much as them because they generally they can stay on the pitch 70, 75, 80 minutes. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But I, I always think the front row... It's, it's now a given that you never see any of the front three staying on the full full length of the game. I think back row is probably ideal, yeah. but yeah. I don't think That's we have think. a back rower that is an ideal leader. I think it's too uh, soon for standard. Peter Armand. Oh no, no. standard. Yeah, standard. Oh, Manny wasn't there. I know, but I think I do think. And if he had been fit, I think he could have gotten maybe Henderson. I don't know down, down, down the line two, exactly. Yeah. But again, he's one that wasn't that wasn't available for selection. I, I would say Peter Manny will be captain going into. If not the next um, Six Nations with best is still going to I don't think they'll take it off best necessarily, but exactly. next world that's cup. I think. I, I don't think best to be no I don't think best to be I think he has two years, this year and next yeah, year. So so and then they'll be the captain cup. after twenty. The thing is we don't even know who the coach will be in twenty seventeen. So it's it's like if it's Schmidt, great, if it's not, then the new coach might might want someone different the way Jones did. Quite possibly, yeah. I I still think the obvious choice probably is kind of someone who's captaining their province as well. Um, I think Sexton, uh, he could fall into the category you said you can't guarantee he's going to be on the pitch the whole time. Yeah, but if you're looking at someone there, like if you ask me probably who is the, has the best leadership qualities, I also I'll probably point to him. I also think I, he's a, he will talk and be a leader anyway. Some guys need the kind of, the armband, so as we go back to football terms, 
putting that on them, putting that responsibility on them will make them step up. Sexton's going to do it anyway. Do, uh, I, do, I do agree that he, he's going to talk regardless. He's probably going to control the box whether he has the armour on or not. Exactly. He, he's going to be a voice in there anyway. So I'm not oh. sure if he'd be good talking to referees. Because I think, think, loses I think cool that's what much. I mean. I, I think well, he, he gets very angry. He thought Dylan Hartley would as well. It's early, yeah. It's early, but he's five games, games and they won all five. Wait till you start losing games, and then we'll see what happens. Um, although, if they, don't, if they don't lose games, then Hartley's a good captain. Yeah. But well, I, th- I think we'll go, to go back to Warburton, I think he did have that reputation when he was a bit younger of being a bit kind of fiery. And now I'd say he's probably one of the best at talking to referees and getting yeah, them to the captaincy at such a young very age. young. So he, he made that. his mistakes as the captain and he just grew and he's since gone on to captain yeah. the Lions and I think he's like if, 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 if Gatlin is the is the Lions tour manager again, would would, would you think you'd give it to him again? I would, I would have thought so. Like yeah. you, you go with the winning coach and captain yeah. to try and go again. And if you look around, best if he makes the blame. Probably not. Um, Hartley, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a captain. Might, it doesn't have to be a captain. It, it, it doesn't. I, 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 I would be surprised Alan and Jones might get it if he wants to stick with the Welsh lads. Maybe, but if you look around the four captains of, of the four nations, Sam Warburton is the obvious one. As in, Laidlaw is the captain. Is he guaranteed starter? Um, yeah. Well, Hartley will start, like you said. He won't be on the pitch for every game. Laidlaw is no guarantee in terms of players if the French teams aren't doing as well as they were the last time will any of the exiles get picked this time around for the Lions tour yeah they won't be released beforehand anyway but I mean they had I think they were playing in the Heineken Cup final they're and still the top 14 yeah but depending on how the, like if Toulon are out kind of, if the, depending on how <laughs> that goes are out, that won't happen Three consecutive finals. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be. It's got to end at some time. Yeah. But yeah, I think apart from Sam Warburton, there's not a lot of options at the moment. If you if if you're Wynne looking Jones, at it, Alan Wynne Jones possibly. But if if he's the understudy at the Welsh team and it it, it but yeah, like the they also might do because of, because uh, of uh, his, it, his last line tour. They might the way they kind of gave it to O'Connell. They, they, they like they, to give it to. I think they like to give the the honor of being a captain of a line tour to different people as well because when it comes around yeah, every true. four years, it's a good point. So Warburton's already had the honor of doing it. Like why like why not give it to someone else to to who like mm. if Alan Wynne Jones what's he now twenty nine now. I think he's older. I think he's surprisingly young for what we've yeah. seen. <laughs> he's one of those like yeah. you think I he's he was like around a, O'Connell's age, yeah. but yeah. he's a lot younger. I think he's like 29, 30, but like this could be his last line story. You, you might, if you look at the talent in the second row around the front, yeah, yeah. yeah. his, his position won't be guaranteed with yeah. Kraus and Courtney Laws if he stays with it. You've got Henderson coming through in Ireland, you've got a... Ulton Delan maybe yeah, yeah. possibly. Then there is huge amount of talent. So, in, like, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Alan Wynne Jones got it. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. And especially if it is Gatland, more than likely he's going to choose Welsh. It's just yeah. Scotland, you could think, a couple of people he uh, might choose. Hog from 15, he won't. Hog could start. Oh, you could definitely start, but he won't be captain from 15. And I wouldn't say definitely start. Him well, Hammer Brown, yeah, right now. And Halfpenny would be in there if he was fit. Well, he was just named Six Nations Fair the Tournament, Hog. As in, yeah. right now, you'd, you'd choose Hog because, well, Hog or Halfpenny, obviously. But it's, it's still... I mean, when he wouldn't have a season. When it came down no, to it, I think he played, it was it, nine Welsh? Or it might have even been more in the last oh, test more. game. Was it 11 or 13? 11, 3 and 1 or something like that. It was a lot of... So he does... 
revert back to what he knows when it comes oh, yeah, down to it. Warren Ball. <laughs> if he ever wins us another tour, I'm willing to put up with it for uh, what's six weeks. Problem is, the Welsh haven't beaten the All Blacks in the 29 attempts. You mean so the Welsh game <laughs> might work against Australia? <laughs> well, they better not play any Irish players. Then. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't beaten them ever. So it's just be an English team. Uh, back to kind of the Six Nations as we talked about it. One thing that I've kind of been complaining about the whole tournament was the standard of officiating. Have you? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I don't know if you know it's not. But it's like, not complaining. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, I don't know, what did you think? Like, I, I know they were trying to kind of blood the new refs in and stuff, but... It was very poor. There, there's no two ways about it. You can look at every game and there's a couple of them where the referees influence the outcome. And that shouldn't happen. I think if you look at the Italian-French game, the Irish-French game... There's two definitely where the outcome, like, if players had been sin-binned, if players had been properly punished for collapsing with scrums, I think every team has could say we, we'd have won an extra game or two so then because of the referee. No, but did everyone have their complaints about major, major calls that were not necessarily the correct ones? I think for, like, understanding it, refereeing is a report, fair enough. Like, that's human error. That can happen, like, there and then they, that's it exactly the retrospective action but there's no excuse for not making the right calls well, that. not see, even that but yeah it, it, it's TMO and it's it's siding afterwards but did you see the, All three the, of the world, world governing body now has stepped in for the Joe Morrow thing and he's getting banned now yeah that the was comments, comments, yeah, comments, yeah, Samson Lee. yeah yeah but like so he's now getting so they're stepping in and kind of overruling the Six Nations yeah uh, right. panel. Yeah, it's, it's completely the right call after because he was available I know I know he didn't start the game but he was still available for selection for England yeah. and that that grand slam decided do you think they didn't, didn't start him because they didn't want it to be shown as like oh look it could have been. I, quite possibly I think it's very easy to make him a scapegoat well, not a scapegoat but to kind of there would have been an asterisk beside them winning if he had started, maybe? Ah, uh, no. I think it, it, it wasn't that... Like, he should have been banned because no one sees that kind of thing in sport. But it's just... I think they were smart to think, oh, look, if we kind of... Not punish them, but if, if they switch, switch them out, they have him on the bench. He came on, still played 55 minutes, I think it was. So, but at least they're kind of showing, look, we, we understand this is not acceptable. And even if the governing bodies don't punish them, internally, Eddie Jones doesn't want that in his team. And... It was a right call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the last game against Scotland there, Sexton was play active. There was no other way around. He, he, not even, not even, well, no. So, he, he, he was kind of, so, 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 my question, he, he kind of was, was it, it wasn't a tip tackle, but he was kind of, it was, was a yellow card offence. He was a yellow card offence, but he kind of looked at the ref and then kind of held his head and so that. Now, what, what, what I want does, to know is like, does he need to kind of exaggerate it to highlight the refs kind of what's getting what's happening to him. I, I think people use that excuse in football a lot where it's oh look if you don't if you don't dive, in, in, oh I know but, but the, the, the comment is that if you don't dive you don't get any well, we and saw the, that last weekend at City and yeah and in, in football that or in rugby that, that hasn't happened in the past any time with any kind of exaggeration the ref is almost more inclined to punish or to not give something and if you go down that route like the ref should have given a yellow card for it and he did but I think the reason Sexton... Oh, I'm not even sure it was play acting, because I think you can have later reactions. You, yeah. can, you can complain, and then two seconds later, playing can see you like, actually, that really... But if that was football, it would be play acting, is what you say. If, if a person was fouled... No, because, I mean, I, I would consider play acting as when you're trying to con the referee, when there's nothing really wrong with you. But that was... Like, he hit the ground pretty forcefully. What would you, what would you call it? 
Uh, I'd say delayed reaction. Delayed, like, delayed I, reaction. I, think, I don't think he was trying to trick the referee. I think he like he was bound to feel the effects of that. Yeah. Whether he was injured or not, like it's bound to hurt when he's hit the ground. Yeah, he's picked up thrown on the ground. So <laughs> his first reaction is to, to complain to the ref. And then, like you said, then he realised he's actually in fucking pain here. So it's like, I think that's what happened more so. Because it was very quick. He was like, he, he's about to complain. And then he kind of reacted as though the back of his head was... Probably just looked worse than it was. And then, like, like, he's not rolling around on the ground. No, he was not. just down and he got treatment. Like, yeah. Yeah, like you said, what's play acting? I think play acting is like kind of when you see footballers like tumbling along the ground yeah. and they, they end up in a different half of the pitch to what so they start. Some people I know are like kind of giving out about sex and doing that a lot, but like, does he need to kind of highlight that he is getting kind of like, you know, the French, French picked on him a bit? I think that that's down to the, the sighting committee because I think they need to start protecting players, not just sex. Not just the sighting committee, and, the anyone, officials yeah. as well. Yeah. TMOs and then the people who look at these the matches afterwards, they need to start. Punishing people for late catches and well. poor challenges, the eye gouge thing again needs to be looked at as well. And if like, people start like getting, Brown kicking people in the head, yeah, serious punishment, and then the players will be protected. They're not going. are not going to have to wonder if they need to exaggerate or anything. Yeah, yeah because the players knew in some of those games they could do they could do late hits, they could do sneaky things, and they're not going to get punished. And if you don't have that disincentive, then people are going to try and take players out because they're too valuable. Like Sexton, we know he's Sexton's target. Like any, people target like any every game. Yeah, target. like any 10 is target because they're normally the guys who if you can get at the 10, the whole back line can, can get disrupted. That's just a normal tactic. It's like a quarterback in, in NFL. Exactly, yeah. If, if you get to the quarterback quickly, as in Tom Brady, if you get to Tom Brady, New England are in trouble. Yeah. It's, it's just the nature of the game, but it's hard to get to him. But teams know if they get to Sexton and... They're not going to be punished if they do late hits or if they do kind of if they pin them to the ground and kind of. I still think the French were right in front of the ref, like. Yeah, that was that was disgraceful. And, yeah, especially and that, when the referee blows up for it, but then yeah. doesn't give yeah. the cards. Exactly, exactly. And that was it's the almost, same for the Mike Brown thing, but at times it almost felt that there was some kind of there was something from the, not the IRB, but something from the Six Nations, almost saying to let these go or to not to punish keep people. On yeah, the pitch. exactly. And I, I I can't see why they would, apart from because. 15 against 14 for 10 minutes, it doesn't ruin games. Like, we saw in the World Cup, it, it well, matters. Some, play, some of the Irish players, like, from the, Dave Kearney, his tournament was over. Oh, no, no. I'm like, I don't, oh, like, I'm not defending it for a second. But we know that 15 against 14, if it happens more than once in a game, it can decide the game. I think we've seen that. Well, we very close a large chunk of our points against Scotland when they were a man down at the yeah. weekend. Yeah. Even though for a quality team to have a man up for 10 minutes, it can make a huge difference. It was like the World Cup final where Australia scored, I, I don't think they scored all both tries in the 10 minutes, but it was just after the first, the, the yellow card, I think just a at huge the end of the 10. Swing. Yeah, but it was 14 points well, scored in those 10 minutes. Well, there's so. a reason why someone get the yellow card because they're breaking the rules. Oh, no, I know. And I've not, uh, but that's, like, that's why these ruined. decisions need to be made because the games can swing. And, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, I think, well, Stephen, you just said that, that you think they, they were up, they, they might have, there might have been something from the Six Nations or whatever saying try to keep people on the pitch. Yeah. But, because in football that, that has happened before. But there's a reason why these players are getting a yellow card. I don't agree with it for a second. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I'm saying it has felt like that's, what, that, that, that's what's happening. Mm. It, it, it has felt like the referees have, have spotted something and they go to punish it and then they, they almost stop. Maybe it is just the new referees and they don't want to make big calls because they think if they make a wrong big call, their careers are in trouble because they're just staring off. Maybe that is the problem with they having the first-year referees. But it, w- it wasn't... 
Joubert made bad calls. Yeah, keeper like, isn't made yeah. bad calls. So it, does, it doesn't necessarily. It wasn't, it wasn't leave Joubert alone. He's a good referee. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Stephen, any reaction to that? <laughs> nope, no reaction. No reaction. I, uh, I hope different Scottish fans listening. <laughs> England, worthy Grand Slam champions. I know at the end of a tournament, best team generally wins. Worthy of the Grand Slam as well. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, no one really came close to beating them. I think we had a spell in the game where after hanging on the first half, but I think over the the entire match they were the better side. Comfortable third turn to the look. Um, well, yes. like we we can go back to the the decisions. Like if they went down to thirteen against us, which they should have done. Yeah. Who knows? But as the as it turned out, they were the best side. I suppose if it was only what an extra five minutes in the Welsh English game, it could have been a absolutely. But if you look, they destroyed us in the first half oh, yeah. and we only kept we kept the six and that was because hugely impressive because yeah, their pressure they put on us was, was incredible same against Wales in the first 60 minutes we tired in the second half so we did as well but then they dominated the big games for more than like, we can turn around and say yeah look we could have won if, cer- if certain things had happened but realistically no one came away from any of the games against England going oh we're robbed or we threw that one away they won every game and they won them convincingly I think we, we could have. We, we showed that we we can contain them because well, no, we yeah. are so well organized. We're in not. Fa- we're not far away. And then, with correct decisions and with the players we have to come back, I wouldn't say like we can definitely go and beat them. But right? they're not. Well, there's not that much of a difference. Like England are always a big physical side. We're always going to have to make tackles against them. But we've shown we've shown enough that when we're at full strength, we can go and beat them again. There's nothing to be afraid well, of. Next question was like we gave away two tries in four minutes. If you take away that that spell of defensive laps, that's probably our match. So, in yeah. my next question was third place for Ireland. Is, is is that good enough in this Six Nations? Is that acceptable with the injuries we had? I think if if you look at our history, if, if you'd said we're the tri- third best team in this tournament, I'd say yes, just about. I think the Welsh were better than us. Over the course of the five games, I mean, in 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 the in the draw game, I think it was very close. Obviously, um, they played very well against France, and they and they put France away when they needed to. It's something we didn't do, and and that's why they were better. They were more clinical than us in this championship. Like we had two tries going into the Italy game. Yeah, granted, we scored thirteen since, but two tries in in three games against probably well, minus France, the, the 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 other two best teams in the tournament isn't good enough. And you can say it's it's a defensive or it's a they were playing safe or injuries or whatever reason it is two tries in three games isn't enough to win matches. So Wales fairly second, we were fairly third, and then that first half second half divide is. I thought France would close it this year, but it looks as if anyone's going to bridge that. Because if you look, I think the last five years the same three teams have been top three and the same three teams in the bottom top three so it has been a divide in, in the last five year cycle so you'd think Scotland might close that next year again if, if they improve under Vern Cotter but there's now it's almost a, a two tier situation yeah my next question exactly was that how well are Scotland improving under Vern very much so I, I think we saw it in the World Cup as well as Chris as well I think we, we saw them play very well against Australia we didn't see that much apart from that like 
I would have liked to Come see on. them play Japan off the back of Japan getting a, f- a full rest. You will see that too. <laughs> yeah. Like they beat Samoa, but Samoa were not the team we saw at the previous World Cup. And they only just beat Samoa. That that was that was that close was for close, a while. Yeah. And Samoa, like I think we, we can all agree, were very disappointed. Like we yeah. thought that they would run Scotland close to get out of the group. Like no one thought Japan were going to come and be yep. the team to challenge. So I think there's definitely been improvements under Cotter, but I think they have been slightly exaggerated because they came so close against Australia in that quarter final. I think what happened is they look, they can look very good. When when they when they get a move right, they can their they their attacking form looks. They have more yeah, exactly. But they do have a match. Like Hog obviously can score from yeah. nothing like he did against Where the Six Nations. Hog, Victor, Laidlaw, those three alone yeah. are supreme talents mm-hmm. that will probably all be on the Lions tour. And when they can and they can do something that can score a try. The problem is you have to do more than do that. You have to do that three times in a game, every game, in order to win matches consecutively. And like us, they haven't been able to do that now. I think with confidence and with, with kind of, if, if they stay fit and healthy, they can challenge ourselves, Wales and England for maybe third, but I think that's as high as they can go, unless unless more players come through. I think, I think they haven't got enough depth. Third is still a long way away for them to, to finish it. It's one extra win. Ireland, England or Wales. If you look at it, if you assume that they will beat France and Italy next time. You can assume I don't think, I think you can no, assume they'll beat Italy. I don't think you can, can assume they'll beat France. No, sorry. If you take it that... This is going to be a better Scotland team next year, and France don't make make the leap under Novez. They can beat one of England, Ireland, and Wales. I think, I think they've Ireland at home, Wales at home, and then England are away. I think they can. They, they can. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they can win one of those. If they get six points, they'll be second, third, or fourth again. I think at the moment though Scotland are still fighting to not get the wooden spoon as opposed to like the closer, the they're closer to Italy than they are to the top three. I'm not sure. I think right now they're if they're exactly in the middle. I think if you look, they beat Italy reasonably comfortably. And it was close, but it's close because they hadn't won in ten games and you have to get that winning streak going to get the confidence up. I think now they've had the Australia game where they kind of I think they found themselves. They, they realised what level they can play at. Now they're beginning to play at that level more consistently and I think they're going to be closer. Like They beat, I know it was 10 points against us. It was it was 6 points against England. <laughs> You're infamous, Ben. It was, again, yeah, I think less than 10 against Wales. They're not far away. I think that 6 against England, that was England's first game under Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, and so, in Scotland as well, wasn't it? If that had been the fifth game against Jones, I think the, the score would have been a lot. Yeah, different. no, possibly. Um, like you could see England had the the moves, but just not quite the execution for for week one. So I think six weeks later they're gonna. Yeah, have I think the way the matches fell as well. Like if Italy play Scotland in the first game, it's gonna be a close match as well. So well, like I think we've said that whoever Italy play at the start, you want yeah. to play Italy towards the end. So like if Italy play Scotland first up it's not out of the question Italy are going to win that and then Scotland are sitting bottom of the table at the end with no wins like no, that's it's, the it's possible, that's reality I think for Scotland I think they have improved year on year in, in, under Vern Cotter I think with an extra year like you said we go, they go to Japan the, the two, two game tour over there they'll be good games to watch if they win both of those they've suddenly won four of the last five games and they can go into this the Autumn Nationals and and grow because they're basically their game's nothing. You're, if, you're saying they're growing under Vern. There is 
could it not be just down to the players as well? Like, so Glasgow were the Pro 12 champions. I know, it, 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 it's both. The players, the players across the, the regions, they're the teams have gotten better, the players get better. But you have to, I, I you have to imagine I, Connor I, has I, been involved in that as well. So has, has, has the side play changed? Like you can see, oh, Joe didn't put the Leinster stamp on it, but he's put his stamp on the way we're playing. It's clearly a way Joe wants him to play. Mm. Has the same mean can be said for Vern? Yeah, I think if you if you, you can almost compare the job Schmidt did for the first two years to Vern Cotter has done. I know it, it's different circumstances, but they've come in and they've improved the players they have and they've improved the results for the team. Now, Scotland had a very low starting point and it, 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 it took longer, but you can see the progress they've made. They're still defensively weak at times. Like We scored 35 points against them, but they're improving. And I think if... If they continue to improve the way they've improved over the last two years, two wins again isn't out of the question. Three, three wins is possible. I think beyond that, I think talent-wise, they don't have the, the 23 players to compete with Ireland, England and Wales, but in a one-off game, they can beat one of those three. Obviously, they probably need everybody fit. They had injuries the way Ireland had injuries. They'd... Yeah, exactly. If you look, if, you, if they lose three or four of their big players, if they lose Laidlaw, if they lose Hogg, and if they lose... Grays, both Grays. Couldn't they lose Grays? <laughs> no, they lost one of them against us. If they lose, if they lose like any team, we don't have enough strength and depth in Ireland, England, Wales. Well, England maybe. England Wales. Do, don't, we, we don't have enough strength and depth. We've even said it before. Like if New Zealand suffer the losses that we we do, they have a, a very deep playing pool the way England do. I know. We. I think ours is getting a lot better. Oh, it is, but we're still. But there's only, there's only so much you can strip it back. Like you can only lose so many world class players. Before. Yeah. You can still have a very good team, but you do start to like slip. You're not going to win a quarter final against a fully fit Argentinian team. Absolutely, and like, like I said, it could be the case of New Zealand slipping from first in the world to second in the world. Yeah, but, but there is going to be a decline when you lose. Like you're going to reach a point where you just can't lose any more first team players. Yeah, they, if you look, they've lost. Carter, they've lost. None of they've lost. McCaw since the World Cup. We're, 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 we're playing them twice. We've, we have a good chance at causing an upset there if if we go into that game. The, the biggest change of a New Zealand team that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, they really did have like a golden generation of Canterbury players. Okay, like Carter <laughs> yeah. and McCall that were together for so long. But I think that the one that is less of a loss is Nanu because you've got the ready-made replacement oh, yeah. there to. Yeah, not compared to anybody. Yeah. But, Miller uh, Scudder is out though for a couple of months I think I think he tore his shoulder this weekend so he's yeah as in, as in yeah, I think he'll be fit again for October it's only Surveyor you know, to look out for then is it yeah <laughs> is that it yeah he's getting a bit old now Conrad <laughs> <laughs> Smith is getting on as well so yeah I know as in they're changing up the guard but it's, from their point of view they have four years to, to bring in the next generation exactly. and they and, very much and like, the talent's there they won't worry about blood and players in a trying in a rugby championship. No, but they, and they, 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 can, they they have such a team that they can afford to blood two or three players in a, in any game nearly, and the yeah. quality of players around them are so good, and the quality of people coming through is so good that you almost don't even like. Exactly. Um, I remember we, I think we were all watching the first time none of scored played, and like we got a hat trick on his debut or something like that. But like if if it doesn't work for him, he, he does have a bad game. Well, then you've got as I said, Seve on the other way. Yeah, got, if you have a bad game, that's a win. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and so. The last pressure isn't on them as yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. If he has a quiet game, but and and they only win by seven, then he he get a second chance. Whereas if you look at someone coming in, 
the Irish game Alton Delan coming in and his first game is 20 minutes against England he played very well but he's coming in in a game where he has to try and turn around he's a deficit yeah, and that's very difficult for anyone to do yeah, you, always want, your first you always want your first games to be easy enough guys Italy, Italy. you want your first game to be Italy <laughs> speaking of Italy <laughs> speaking of Italy is there any way up here from, for them like, I think Conor O'Shea coming in could be interesting. Can no, they get, that is not guaranteed. If, if it happens, I think he's he's. I don't know if he's. He's the new director of, of Honey Dickin. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 if he's actually gonna sign. <laughs> but like, can, can like so, last in the Six Nations again. One two. Parise is getting. I don't know what they're saying. He's might sign a new couple of year contract. There was yeah. There was talk that but, like that supposedly O'Shea is not getting. To him. He's not getting any younger. Like so. No. Where, where does it go from here like for for, for Italy like it, this, up the only way no down is, is they, they down is see this is the, I I was strongly liked them to consider relegation I was the, exactly I, I would really like the idea of whoever comes last in the six stations or even over a two year period okay. a yeah, playoff exactly. I'd be happy exactly. enough with not a straight relegation no, 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 you play home and away and then if you're good enough you beat them. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd be happy with yeah. that. Or even don't get a straight relegation because yeah. a Georgia coming up or something like that would just get hammered by everybody. Yeah, yeah no, they'll improve it. But if, but they, if they have a, a playoff, too late playoff game, well then, like, I think a lot of people, what, even if it was, let's say, Iffy oh, versus it Georgia. Yeah, yeah, it would be six, nice to see. Like, yeah. six, and, and you could have it. Like, I don't know, would you have it like just before the next year's Six Nations? Would you have it no. Maybe just after? Maybe at the autumn stage? No, I, I don't think so, because right now you've got Georgia, Romania, and everyone else playing each other in, in the second tier. Like, there was 55,000 in Georgia Stadium That's incredible. For the Georgia-Romania game. If you get them, and, and you go, and, and you win that tournament, the, the, sec, the Six Nations B, or the European Nations Cup, I'm not sure what it's called, but if you win that, and then a month later... You have your playoff game. You can carry that momentum into it. Problem that is like the clubs that have taken some of the Italian players, so they're going to let them release again. Well, then you have it directly at the end of the season. So, you, so it's not. Well, we're talking about we're in March now, a month and a half. Two it definitely months. needs to be, needs to be after the the last one, rather than just before the new one, because you need time to prepare for it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Even even purely purely from a planning point of view, you need to get people fans and fans to look forward the to players. Players. Imagine, like the Georgian fans you coming over to. Dublin for a game against Ireland or whatever. Oh, it'd be incredible, and it's it's hope. I think if you look at there's a very good comparison in cricket it's where second tier to play for as well. Yeah, but if you look at, at cricket where there's for, for there's ten Test nations, and no for years there was no way of Ireland or Holland or Scotland breaking through. There was no mechanism. I think even if it's difficult, once you have a way to get in, you can improve. I think if if you've I think they tried to close the T Twenty door so you couldn't or they wouldn't allow. Um, they tried to bring it down from 12 teams to 10 teams and only be the top the, the 10 test teams and eventually they had to turn it around because you Your need board. to grow your sport yeah. if you don't grow your sport it's going to stay the same 10, 12 teams and, it, and inevitably but it, it'll go back to being a, a, a second rate sport if the Russians and the Jordans and all that sort of stuff who are playing like if, if they know that like kids growing up know that they could have a chance then to play against the likes of England, Ireland Scotland, Wales France on a regular basis, like it will get more than into the sport as a younger age. Exactly. It will grow the sport in the country. But and yeah, they, better for the World Cup. They, they definitely deserve the chance to qualify. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at, definitely at this stage it shouldn't be a straight relegation. I don't think they're there yet. So definitely a playoff that. game, mm-hmm. and that would I think, I think trial that for a couple of years and see how it goes. Exactly, I, I think with that playoff game and with the growth we've seen over the last three, four World Cups, 
in time, you could have a, a, a straight relegation promotion because the gap between Italy and Georgia and Romania, even if we saw in the World Cup, it's not huge. As in, it, Italy struggled against Romania. I think they beat them by 10 points in the end. Georgia beat Tonga, I think. Did they win two of their, of their, of their four games? Like they're, they're competitive now. And I think in 10 years' time, if, and if they did bring in the promotion relegation playoff, in 10 years' time, I could see them having straight promotion relegation if if it takes off, providing Georgia come up and, and don't get hammered by 50 points, which they might do yeah, a couple it, of times. It, it will happen the first couple of times, probably it happened to Italy. Yeah. So, but like, it also means... It's still happening to Italy. But think about it, right? All of a sudden, if you then have a one-off game and three of the teams end up going to Georgia first year, that's brilliant. It's yeah. an, it, it brings something new. And I know... There's a huge historical thing with the four and the five and the six nation tournament, but they became the five nations and the, the history grew. It became the six nations, the history has grown. It can stay the six nations and just change the team every couple of years. It's not going to take away from And God forbid if, if it was Ireland for a year and we had to go down to six nations, we'd we get another title. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a trophy to come back up and it's also something new and it's kind of. It's a Newcastle philosophy. But sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you might need might that. <laughs> sometimes it might actually help a country. If you look at, like, yeah, those examples, you look at Aston Villa at, at the bottom of the Premier League, they probably need to go down to, to clear out and, and rebuild. And, it, and for Italy, it might be kind of a strong kick up the ass that they've not improved, that they've, they've stagnated a little bit and they need to kick on if, if, if they want to compete. I think just the hope, the hope alone is important. Like Georgia don't play, I think they played one game against the Tier 1 nation in the four years between 2011 and 2015, and that was against Ireland. And that's, that's not enough to grow. You have to have competition. Yeah. I think the fact that the top tiers, they always they rotate playing each other, it makes it very difficult for them, the second tier teams, to get a match. Yeah. It's like Ireland go New Zealand one year, Australia the next, South Africa, and then back again. With other games in between, like there's not that many options to play. Like we play Romania occasionally, and like you said, we do play Georgia, Fiji the odd time. But it is like one and maybe three or four years. No, I think we do. I think we, we play one tier every, every year. We, we take a second we tier. Say, yeah. So we had Samoa. I think we've had Georgia, Canada this year. We had Georgia. We play one a year, which is which is good. It's it's, but there's room in the schedule for another game, even if it is. I know we, we do send over the Ireland emer- or the emerging Ireland team into the, the, the Georgia Shabiti Cup yeah. I think it's called but we send that over to get them to give them games and stuff but one extra game in there even if it is the first McFadden of the world and, and it's the <laughs> no sorry I'm not I'm not picking on him but the first McFadden it's the Ulton Delands getting experience it, it, it's worth it for A to grow the sport and if God forbid if Georgia did beat us in that game, it's huge for Georgian rugby. Like beating a tier one nation, they haven't done it very often, if if ever. If they did that one game, it it could kind of help them grow for, for five, ten years, that one you win alone. Like if Ireland beat New Zealand, there'd be a huge wave of, of enthusiasm well, for over the next few years. Georgia came pretty close in I think it was 07 against yeah. us in France. Yeah. Yeah. And they've pushed on. A deci- decision goes the other way, like we've been talking about earlier. They could easily have got that, that win, win against it. Yeah, yeah and, and if you look at eight years later, they're now knocking on the door of, of the Six Nations. That's, that's what these games can do for them. So, yeah, so definitely from that perspective, I think 
a two game affair with Italy one home and away would be very exciting and I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia won it no. but I'd like to see it to find out well, I think then, everyone would watch it as well like, yeah. you, could, you could put that in TV and yeah. everyone would watch yeah. that exactly you've got money you've got anticipation for fans I think it, it's a win-win yeah. the only thing is that the worry for them would be that God forbid if, if England for instance finished last and some oh, had a really bad season I know it, it's unlikely had a really bad season did get relegated the, the money from, from England going down but the money from Italy going down or the money in Scotland going down isn't going to bankrupt the Six Nations tournament. Yeah. And the money from Georgia for those would replace it. So I. So we're all for kind of a, a playoff relegation. Yeah. Well, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, moving forward, I want to talk about uh, Joe Schmidt who um, said he'll make a decision on his future this summer. So contract up in 2017. Um Looking back on what he's done for Ireland, like what has he brought to this Irish squad? Two Six Nations winning. trophies, Wait, a winning mentality. Absolutely, we, we we did have that. As in, we had the Grand Slam in two thousand and nine. It wasn't. I think we'd lost it a bit with Declan towards the end. I don't think we were going into the big games expecting to win. Whereas I think when we play every week, pretty much we expect to win, regardless of who it's against. Yeah, that's a very point. And we don't, fair enough, we don't win every game. <laughs> yeah. We do have that expectation. Do we, we expect have that to beat New Zealand this year? Um, in Chicago, definitely. I don't think we've ever lost them in Chicago. <laughs> but we're undefeated in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. They won't be able to handle the uh, the up and unders in the Windy City. Well, no, I, I fully agree, Gonis. I've, I've been at a game, I've seen us beat Australia, I've seen us beat South Africa, and going into those games, I, I was fully confident that we were going to win those games. I still don't feel that way if we play New Zealand. I think the only way I'd feel it is if going in, we've beaten South Africa in that test series. Now, I'm not sure how we won a game in South Africa in a test series. Not even the series, we just yeah. won a game. But that, I think that's, if we go to South Africa and win two of the three, it's a huge tall order because very few teams tour South Africa and, and come away. Are God, South Africa, I think? 100%. I think we'll bring whatever bring, we can. Bring like we, did, we didn't for Argentina. Uh, I think I said after did a different kettle of fish this on yeah. the you, you bring... This yeah. is the second toughest place in the world to go and play rugby. Is it's it two games? Three. 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 Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. So we will have a chance to, to win outright. Win the first two and then you can blood the... the <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that's, the, that's the way you're thinking there. Um, so you think full strength Irish squad are going there? Oh, I think there's no reason not to. There's, there's not, there's, you, you can bring extra players in the touring squad if you, if you like the look of Mahili, if you like the look of, I know that's someone, someone if you on like Facebook was saying Mahili deserves a go. I, he does, the problem is he's eight, his age, I was shocked how old he was, I, I thought he was 22, 23 coming through. 26, 27. He's 27, yeah, I think, no, if you're on form and you're playing well, he'll come in, and I think he will come in, I think he'll come in to the squad. Well, Sean O'Brien came out yesterday today and said if he had played in this series he would have got hurt. Yeah, and I think that was the right call. So look, looking back, it was the right call. So do you wait for November to play him? Do you wait for next year's Six Nations? No, I think he comes He comes on, on the tour. On the, I think on the, you bring him on the tour. On the extended I think, I think you, bring, you bring 30 and then... Yeah. Big boys in Africa. Exactly, yeah. it's yeah. going to be a physical tour so you're going to have, you're going to use lots of the squad. So maybe bring, and even have, like, bring enough for like a training game where you can, you can bring as many as you want in these tournaments as well. Are we playing extra games? I think we're playing some of the other... We're playing I'm a few sure we're, we're playing we're, some yeah, of the other guys. Yeah. The problems probably, as well. Probably one or two, I would have thought. Yeah. That, if we're doing that, then it's perfect. Because 
And I think the fact that he didn't play in the Six Nations was a good thing for him. It got him yeah. more games with Leinster. Like he, this is his first season as yeah. a first choicer. Like yeah. it's not going to hurt him to play for the province. But like people are people are saying like oh next Brian O'Driscoll and stuff like that. But like he has a tough job even getting like getting into that Irish squad because there's so many players. Yeah, no, playing well. He might be next Brian O'Driscoll, but there will be four or five next Brian O'Driscolls until a player of that talent actually comes. Now, like we we have to remember he is. One of the best five Irish players in history. Um, one of the best um, world rugby players in, in the last 20 years. There's, they're big boots to fill. If he, they don't come along every day. Yeah, as in, Reno's could easily turn into a Gordon Darcy. And people look and go, that's kind of disappointing. He was touted as the next Brian O'Driscoll. But the next be, Gordon Darcy is if he had the next Brian O'Driscoll playing but, alongside him. But the next Gordon Darcy is still an incredible career and a very, very good player. Yeah. I think hyping, I think because it's so close to Brian O'Driscoll and because it's Leinster and because it's number 13 jersey, it, it, it's an easy call. Same way, if, if a talented number 10 from Argentina arrives, he's an ex Messi. Or, or next month. I was going to say Cantepo. Oh, you going to say Cantepo. This is exactly what I thought you were going to say. Like, what is he using Argentina? Why not New Zealand as a Dan Carter? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Cantepo or, or Messi. But, um, yeah, I think, look, like you said, it's his first season. If Joe had brought him in, I'd like to have seen it because this is the time for blood people. We have four years to the next World Cup. If we're serious about getting past the quarterfinals, then... We need to have players who are able to take that pressure. And if we think Ringrose is ready in four years, if he was in the squad and played, great. But like you said, he didn't. He may have got beaten up, as O'Brien says, and he gets game time for Leicester. So it's it's not a win-win either way because it could have been bad had he picked. Yeah. But but so Joe has brought trophies and a winning mentality, essentially, to Ireland. Um, my next question would be, how far can he take Ireland? And, and what, how, what would you like to see him do with Ireland? I know, again, another one of, the, another one of our listeners kind of on, on Facebook there mentioned that he'd like to see a different style of play. Uh, he'd like to see maybe an offloading type of game incorporated, not necessarily fully offloading game, but kind of incorporated a little bit into it. I'm happy to see it used where it's possible, but yeah. I think if we can get a situation where we get to a World Cup and we get our all our best players on the field in the quarter-final, I wouldn't be opposed to playing Joe's style of rugby because I think we can win with that if we're at full strength. Well, yeah, obviously, we all like to see attacking rugby. So if there is a way to have the defence well, like and still open he, up a little bit, then yeah, obviously As you saw with Aesop's try, it was nice to watch. But yeah. it, was, it was kind of, it was there to be done. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's easier, easier to do. Well, like it was still a fantastic try, but it's easier to do when there's nothing on the line. Yeah, yeah. but if you look at it, the All Blacks do it when there's everything on the line, and that's and that's the level you have to get to, and it takes time. And without a doubt, they're the benchmark. Yeah, but as in Dave, as we talked about earlier, the player comes in, and his first game, he might have three or four chances to score a try. If you're out in the wing and you're Miller Scudder, you could you could have three or four chances created for you. And you can show your showcase your talent. In an Irish game against England, you might get one chance, if even one chance, in that one game. And if you don't take, you don't it, have to be seen trying to pop it off and losing the ball. Yes, like there's an inherent risk of of costing your team a game. Whereas in New Zealand, conversely, you don't actually have that pressure because more likely than not, you're going to beat teams comfortably. And if you lose a game in, in the Tri Nations, it's or the Tri Nations in the Rugby Championship now. But if you lose the game in that. It's not the end of the world. There's six games in it, you can still win the whole tournament. Yeah. 
think the other thing, like we have New Zealand as the benchmark, we have to also look at the fact that rugby union is the number one sport over there. Yeah. It's a third or fourth here. Yeah, right? so like our primary athletes here are going to probably try and become footballers or they've got the GAA as well. Rugby is, like you said, third or fourth on the list, whereas yep. in New Zealand, it's rugby. It's it's both kinds of rugby. Yep. So even if union's not your first choice, you're still yeah. learning the basics yeah. of rugby yeah. so you can make the change. So I think we're never going to have a, pl- a player pool as deep, I don't think, that will have that I think same be, set of skills. Second, it will become the second one. I don't think it'll ever take over soccer. So I think I think we can have a team. Oh, to, to be honest, I was say opposite. I think it'll never take over GA. I think GA is in this country will always be the number one sport because it's it's played. It's not the number one sport now. It is. No. In sheer numbers of people who play the sport, it it is. Not in Dublin, but it is. It, it's <laughs> huge. No, within every single county plays pretty much. Whereas in football, we can't put together. A second division in our Premier in 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 Irish professional football, we we can't get teams. Whereas GA is going strength strength. we've gone from having twelve teams. I think it's eight in in the champ in the. Well, it's not it's not professional. There is we're struggling to get teams. Teams are falling away. We're trying to bring in Wexford youth. We're trying to bring in people like Calvin Teeley, but they're struggling to fill two professional leagues of of twelve yeah, teams. That's the thing. There's no professional leagues for GAA. No, but the thing is, the GA has the, the both. I don't know, it, it's amateur. So yeah, it's so a, it's easier. Like people have numbers. their jobs, and then they can do like GA. Yeah, but if you look, there's participation in every single county, even if it's something like Elite or Carlo, who don't really don't really compete at, at Division One level. They they're still they feel teams, they feel county teams, whereas that level of participation isn't there in football. I disagree. <laughs> I, I would say there's more. People, oh well, my opinion is I would say there's more people playing football than GAA. But say if you ask people what's their favorite sport, but again, you're talking about. I'm assuming you're coming from a Dublin point of view. But there is there are thirty one half, 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 half population. No, there are The twenty five hundred county. <laughs> oh, there is. As in, but almost half the population are in Dublin. It's not almost half. There's one point. Says at most a quarter, and then like, you have Kilkenny. No, no one will give you that. Kerry, no one will give you that. Cork, no one will give you that. Galway, no one will give you that. I'm not saying... Isn't your man Roy Keane from Cork? Yeah, but I'm saying there will be very few people who will say... Fair enough, like he's not the good Keane. The good (laughs) Keane came from Dublin, but he's still at Keane playing football. (laughs) I just think GA will take more talent from rugby than football would. No, you hear stories of people who come from a... A GA background, but go to rugby. I know that, that that can happen. You will have you have crossover. Shane, I've never heard Shane Horgan. Horgan. That was the one thing. I've I've never heard of someone go from playing rugby to decide to play for Dublin or play for Cork in football or early. Top of my head, no. Oh, there's money in rugby. Hence why it makes sense to go from GA to rugby. But when it comes to a, a, a purely numbers playing, GA will always get the lion's share of talent in this country. Followed by football and then rugby. If, if rugby is to take one over, it will be football. But the money is in football. So it's, nah. it's very difficult to get players. I would say probably football then. I, I really think you're under, underestimating the, the amount of people playing GA in this country. Mm, possibly so. But, uh, I, I, even if you look outside, like kids playing on the street, they play football. They don't play GAA. Like just something as basic as that. I think. In Dublin, 
And it's also it is easier to play a game of football because it's it's the easiest sport in the world to play because you need a football and any kind of pillars or, or yeah, jumpers. You need a football to play GAA as well. But you need to have uprights. You need to have a crossbar because how do you, you need to have a gate? You just over the gates the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're back to the age old. Oh, the goal! No, it's <laughs> that's that's how it should be played. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we need TMOs for on the street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Joe, how, what, what can he do with Ireland? How far can he take it? One game. Huh? One game further. To be honest, I think an, an entire four year cycle will come down to can they get to a semi final? I don't. There's a possibility they get to a final, but I think you have to be realistic. In 24 years, we've not got, we've not won one knockout match in a World Cup. His aim is to win. The longer win. that goes on for, the more pressure that goes on at every, every time yeah. you get there. And his aim is to win one knockout match. That's it. That's, that is a successful if tenure. If he stays 2019 and gets that one win, it's the, his, four, his six years has been a success. I know we'd all love to have World Cup final and, and the Web Ellis trophy in Ireland for four years. If he stays but, to 2019, and get knocked out in the quarterfinal is his six years a failure. It, it depends, depends what happens over like If we win another two Six Nations, then no, it's not. No, it would like, be the most successful reign of any Irish manager. Absolutely, like uh, we have ideas or notions that we like, we can get further, and we can. Like we've got players that can move it on, but traditionally, or definitely in our recent history, we haven't won a lot of championships. So the fact yeah. that he's already won two, if, even if he has another one, if we win three championships in six years. That's yeah. an incredibly successful... He would be the best Irish manager in, in rugby history. But on a world stage, it would look like he had failed. That's the thing. From an Irish perspective, he would have done more than any other manager. stage, he'd probably be a success. Um, no, I wouldn't even say no, that. The because the it's all like the Six Nations, apart from the... Yeah, the but you still have... Three and six yeah. is a, an achievement I don't know anyone has, has done in the Six Nations. Does that one maybe have it with Wales? I think he might have it. I don't know. Or maybe three and seven, but it, it, it's definitely close. But I, uh, I don't know. You're saying that he'd only be recognised in Ireland as being a success for the if he did three and six, for example. I think if you go to two World Cups and you don't win a knockout game and you're Ireland, there's always going to be that, that that view from from outside that I know six nations is important to, to the six teams who are in it, which is essentially Northern, Hem- Northern Hemisphere rugby. Yeah, but. If you can get past the quarterfinal in a World Cup, that's what, yeah, we, that's we, going to be your legacy. Well, you know? it, it will be. It could, look at, it could just be a case of they could be so unfortunate and get New Zealand in in in, in twenty nineteen in the knockout game. You could, yeah, do. New yeah. Zealand could lose a game in the in the group stage <laughs> exactly, and then yeah. throw us in the. Well, we have yeah, we have topped our last year group, so yeah, that could happen. Um, they could come up against Argentina, for instance. Argentina could be fifth seeds when time rolls around and upset them. seeding is, I suppose, a conversation for another well, day as well yeah. because it was... Well, no, we don't know what, what, what it is right it, now. It looks like it might be next year now. Yeah. It makes more sense. I don't know why it's three years It now. does make more sense, but, yeah, we'll talk about that in the future. I just think it comes down to one match and rightly around me, if he wins the next three Six Nations titles, he's going to go down in history as, as a great Northern Hemisphere manager and... Who can't do it on the world stage? Well, no, because like you said, we could, we could draw in New Zealand. And then he'd go on to, to manage the Lions in two years, maybe. Or go to manage the All Blacks. And he could have, go on and have a great career in a World Cup winner. And he could do basically the Steve Hansen role. And do fantastic things. But from our point of view, if, if we lose at another World Cup quarterfinal, 
it's always going to be tinged. Like, Kidney has that, Gatland has that, O'Sullivan has that. If we can get past the quarterfinal under Schmidt, regardless of the situation. With Ireland. With Ireland, sorry. Yeah, With yeah, Ireland. Yeah, sorry, yeah. He's going to be the next coach. In, in order for him to be a complete success, it has to be semi finals. Well, I think to go back to what you said, how far he can take us, yeah. like, if we do win that one match, we could find ourselves in a situation like in, in 09 where we have to play Wales or France yeah. or a place in the final. It was well, two, two and, Six Nations games, one yeah. was France. Come on. And then, then you know, you've got the, the situation where Anything we're in a final. It might not be New Zealand. If it's South Africa or Australia, we've beaten both of them before, so who knows? So, like, we could get to a final, and who knows? But then again, it, it all really depends on can we win that quarterfinal game first. Again, and the first quarter. That, that's that's well, it. And then the group is there. Right? And then the, the goalposts change after that because yeah. you'll see who you're up against and you can reassess. But so. you also have to look at it from the point of view of we've beaten those teams when it doesn't matter. I, I think it was, I think Shane Horgan said this a couple of weeks ago that we've beaten them when. They don't care that much. The only Wales time cared in that match in Cardiff when we were going for the slam. No, we're talking about beating Australia, beating South Africa. We've beaten them in Ireland. We beat Australia in New Zealand. In the no, World we Cup, beat them in a World Cup in a group where they still qualified and got further than us. Uh, they wanted to win that. No, no, I know. We beat them in a game that mattered, but we we didn't beat them in a game where if they lose, they're out. We've never beaten anybody in a knockout yeah. game. So to suddenly turn around, I know, but yeah. to suddenly turn around and go, if we if we win that one game, we're going to be confident going into Australia and South Africa. We've never played them. When I'm not saying confident. I'm saying we've beaten them before. Like there's no reason to think we can't do it again. And if we find ourselves in a semi final, then we're obviously doing something right. So we can sit. We can. We're certainly not. It's not going to be against New Zealand where we've never beaten them before. We're going to go up against these top teams. No, we've got the better of them. It'd be nice to be here in Japan. It's we're in the semi-final. Depends how often we've beaten them in the in the years running up to it. If you look back and we haven't beaten Australia in four or five years, and they've beaten us a couple of times, then yeah. So do, you, do you think like what deep down will Joe stay to the twenty nineteen World Cup? Yes, I think. I think heart or head there, Chris. I think both. I think from the way he spoke after the World Cup didn't strike me like he wasn't going to give it another go. I think he was as upset as everyone was. And I, like, I know the contract stuff has come up recently, but I think he'll, he'll sign a new deal. I think he'll do one more World Cup with us. I think Jeff almost takes four out of it and, and realise his personal situation He's, is two things. One, he became an Irish citizen, and that, that, that does mean exactly. something. Yeah. You don't means, do that if you're planning on leaving. Exactly. No, but not even that, but as in, his he shows an affinity. He's in school here. But we're, yeah, that's the other thing. His, his kid is... Mary's it is. No, but his other son. Oh, oh he, he's uh, epilepsy as far as I know, and he has, and he's getting apparently he's getting superb care here. Do you want to move or uproot your family for two years when you have a, a child who, who 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 is sick? It's like if he settled here and his family are happy, and and his his, his kids is more are happy. That that alone could keep me, regardless of whether or not I think the All Black is the only job or a Super Rugby job with the. The idea that 
after two years in Super Rugby, he then becomes the next New Zealand coach. That's, they're the only two scenarios I can see him leaving for. If he I was to... I think Fred Pope summed it up pretty well on Saturday. He said, Joe wants to be wanted. And I think he deserves to be wanted. Yeah. And the RFU will show him that. I think, I think the fans will show him yeah, that they want him. I think right. anyone who supports the Irish team knows that there's been improvement under Joe. Oh, yeah, knows he can, he's the man to take this forward. I think... That should be reflected in his contract, and I think he'd stay. Funny enough that you say he wants to be wanted. I don't think New Zealand want him. I think no. I think he's I think his no. reputation. I think he'd have been more likely to get the England job. Yeah, and yes. I think he was obviously linked with it and said no. But I think his star is a lot higher in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I don't think if if he wants to be wanted, I don't know if he'll get that in New Zealand. But I think if it depends. If the, the union down New Zealand want him as a coach in the next four or six years, he'll be gone. But whether or not they ask him to, to go to Canterbury or to go to Auckland for, for two years or whatever, he'll go. I think that's, that's the only job we have to be worried for. England, I'm sure he had a chance after the World Cup if he wants to jump South Africa and Australia realistically will always hire internally or the... Bobby Deans wasn't with the yeah. first non-Australian coach so yeah. you're talking about it's highly likely to hire somebody from outside those two yeah. I think they've got a, a good man in charge now as well to take them forward yeah. not bad not bad and yeah he'll be um, there to 2019 at, at, at the very minimum yeah. just uh, very very quickly if he was to leave who would you like to see? O'Shea I think that, that that's for me as a Munster fan I'm praying to take the director of, of rugby above um and Foley for a year and then become even, even if let's say Joe does sign on O'Shea could would still probably be the logical next in line after that anyway oh, yeah, yeah I think O'Shea it comes. is assumed that he will manage Ireland at some stage yeah I think the Italy job if it does happen wouldn't be a bad thing give him a taste for international rugby there's, yeah, there's two things here either he goes to the director of of, of rugby at Munster and gets to you know the Irish set up haven't been gone for so long or he goes to Italy and gets used to national rugby and both of which set him up for 2020 if an Irish, an Irish manager in Ireland hosting the World Cup in 2023. Uh, if, uh, <laughs> if, if Connor doesn't want it, then I'd take Chaka. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that, yeah. No, actually, like, speaking of which, that's a, a very good shout. If Australia probably not going to be in 2019, then no. no, but if, if Australia are finished with it in 2019, for whatever reason, whether either they've won it and he wants to, or they didn't to go off, or didn't win and they want to change. He had a pretty nice life the last time he, he was in Dublin. He, so he, liked, he, he liked it the last year. He'd have huge effects from all four provinces because like, he didn't burn any bridges. He left for a Hollywood Cup winner. Like, he, he, has pedigree. He, has, he has everything and he has knowledge of the Irish game, which is, which is as important as, as pedigree almost. Yeah. Yeah, check, it, check it or O'Shea and we're in very good hands. Definitely, definitely. Uh, moving forward, that was, that was quite a rugby chat this week. but um, So there was a lot to talk about. Um, but... Moving forward, no intern or no uh, Premier footballers again. Internationals are on and stuff, but uh, we did have the Europa League, Chris. That kind of finished up, and uh, I know you were the happiest of the three of us. I certainly was. Not the happiest at the start of the match, but the, the happiest at the end of it. <laughs> I happy about forty five minutes. <laughs> I remember actually. <laughs> it was mostly because Dominoes had arrived, <laughs> <laughs> and then around about uh, forty six minutes, Coutinho had arrived. <laughs> the game was over after the first leg. Yeah. But well, no, I, I think the way United starts is... Game I was over. worried once you got the first call because you were definitely on top of the match. 
Yeah. I think after about a half an hour when he didn't get the second, we grew in confidence without creating an awful lot. I think before Coutinho's goal, we didn't really look like scoring. I think second half, De Gea kept it at one all. I think we, sh- we should have gone on and won the game. And that, it, it, it was always coming down to that. And yeah, one goal, I, I whatever. United had almost given up at that stage. Like You kept lugging away and you nearly nicked the win on the night right at the death. But I think we all knew like you, you weren't going to score three goals against us. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, as in, from our point of view, started well, and then if if you've got the half time one nil up, you can regroup. You forty five minutes, score one goal at home. It was it was definitely possible to go to extra time and after that, who knows? But as soon as that goal went in, it it, it was done. Like second half, almost didn't need to play because barring a miracle, yeah, we were going to score three in the second half. Well, just think that that Liverpool, goal from Coutinho, though. Liverpool Champions League final. Well, we needed something. <laughs> You need our best, our best game. player on the pitch, like yeah. to pick the ball up like that and run at your defense. They're great, granted. Like, Shocking defending. defending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it but was terrible defending, but um, yeah, that, that's it. Like, he made a bit of a goal. Big games like that, and it was a big game, even though it's Europa League. It's still first time United played Liverpool in Europe. Both teams wanted to win. Yeah, probably the best chance both sides have had getting into the Champions League. Although maybe you're looking at that four after you, your United win. United after a win, probably are looking at yeah. more like now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, join Dortmund in the next round we'll talk about it more worst possible oh, we'll, we'll talk about it more like <laughs> close to the time for you but, uh, from, from, from a, a purely neutral, neutral point, point of view that, that is going to be I can't wait amazing to I think Dortmund it's all going to be been, uh, dubbed El Clopico <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that but I I think Dortmund will go on and win the whole tournament well I can't if we knock them out then <laughs> that's what I'm saying I mean, I'm calling <laughs> it right now that I don't think is well um, you could prove me wrong Klopp knows them better than than most. I think they're further along. I think that that's the Liverpool's only problem is that they're Dortmund are further along under Tuchel than Liverpool are under Klopp. I think as well as we played recently, like the match of the weekend is a prime example that there's still a lot of work to do. Exactly. Yeah. Two 0 up, thrown it away. Should have been three 0 up. Yeah. Plenty of times to kill off. The second half just did not turn up and end up losing. Skrull didn't have a great game, did he? He didn't. But it's not fair to sing, no, sing so him not, out. I don't not. think anyone came out for the second half. Yeah. Is it is it tiredness? Is that the problem that they're not they can't do the pressing for ninety minutes yet? Is 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 it simply the fact that a full preseason would be great? Is that what Absolutely. it is? Is it just because they can't do the clock game for ninety minutes yet because he came in mid season? I'm not sure that tiredness was an issue. Maybe it was. I think this, well, that was the last game we were we would Van have. Van Hal said it weeks. was. Van Hal did say that that it was my fault. To be fair, but United were able to come out then against City. You had the same time in between. You were able to get the win. So yeah, but City are not very good right now. Let's be honest. No, let's be honest. City are Rashford, are, are, uh, a very poor team made, right uh, now. Uh, Dean Kailas, uh, <laughs> like, that, that could be his last game. Like I say, we're going to play again. He had an awful game. Causing Joe Hart's <laughs> injury as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should have given away a penalty. Got skidded for the goal. Definitely penalty. Chris, the Liverpool fan. Um, I'm going to have to be Arsene Wenger here and say I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I made a, an it exit was... after the Liverpool match, so yeah. I only got home for about the last it... 15 minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't matter, but it, it was a penalty. Because when I was watching, I, I thought it was going to come back. It was 100% a penalty. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk more about the, the Dortmund-Liverpool game closer to the time. But um, flights in, for around two hundred euro. And if anyone's interested, yeah. <laughs> best, uh, best option is either Dusseldorf or. Are you playing two Dortmund? Sorry, yeah. I wonder if they're or not. <laughs> Just a, a cheeky look. <laughs> anyone want to uh, reach out because it's at C Curry on uh, Twitter. If you want to give him a donation, 
Oh, yeah, I'll be honest. I'll probably go. No. <laughs> I go to the game. That, that atmosphere is going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, international matches now. Do you like these international breaks? Do you... Nope. Nope. Good time for Liverpool? No, I hate going into a break after loss. It's just. You yeah. have to wait two weeks before you get a chance to put it right. <laughs> I think it's, it's so, so frustrating. So then, on the flip side of that, good time for United, Stephen? Nope. Keep momentum going? Yeah. So there's no good time for an international no, break? No, as in, we've just come off a 1-0 win against our, 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 our rivals for top four and in Manchester. And now you have to wait and hope no one gets injured. We've now, already it might lost help. Firmino we and Origi. We lost Feinsteiger. You've lost Firmino and Origi already. Firmino pulled out of the Brazil squad he and Origi. Out, he pulled out of the... You didn't even play your game against Yeah, exactly. So that wasn't an international break thing. Yeah, in a way... Uh, it didn't happen before. The like, international was coming up. Still, <laughs> I partially blame them. United lost Schweinsteiger. What could be this season? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because they have to be worried for the... Or for the European Championships as well. Yeah. Although, I suppose he, he did start against Ireland in, in the qualifiers. So I'm guessing. But... He's not been great for United. He mightn't. He might need to start it for Germany. So I don't think it's as big a loss as it would have been four or two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of these internationals, it's, it's really sad and awful to hear what happened in Belgium. Now the Belgium Portugal game got uh, got postponed or got yeah. cancelled as well. But like, it's just awful what's going on, isn't it? Yeah, like we've been going for like, thirty weeks, and this is the second time we've had to talk about it. Like, last murder, kind of. Yeah. It it does. Like, it puts everything else in perspective. Like you're kind of sitting there, like football and rugby and sport is really important. But as much as we all love sport, like it kind of it does put on. Yeah, I can't remember who I was. It might be crazy that sport is is the most important unimportant thing, or or, or of all the unimportant things in life, sport is the most important. Yeah. But it is unimportant when it comes down to it. And and when things like this happen, you can see arch rivals. Um, you saw what happened with the England and France game when it happened. Yeah, exactly. England and France never liked each other. But for that one game in Wembley, it was incredible. The, the, the support. Yeah. yeah. As in, I'm sure the Portugal game is going to be incredibly difficult for the players to play, but the fans will, will make sure that they're looked after. Is the game going to take place? You know, yeah, they moved it. It was cancelled the day after. And then Portugal said, look, if you do want to play it, we'll happily host the game. Instead Similar of to what England did for, for France. So, like, gave them the option if they wanted. Was that meant to be inside the France? No, I just mean, like, they gave them the option they didn't have to play it. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it was cancelled. And then Portugal said, if, if you want to play the game, we'll, we'll, we'll host it and it's up to you. Yeah. So it, it was cancelled and then moved to Larry and it was... Talked with everyone out there, yeah. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so... so Ireland are actually playing tomorrow night. Does anyone care about that game? Well, it's, it's kind of... It, these international friendlies, are, they're just weird. Like, we, we know we're going to the Euros, so we do have to, like, get some game time. Yeah. But it's, it's like... It's the wrong time of the season. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose it's better than when they have one after, like, the first weekend in the Premier League yeah. and then you go... <laughs> I think that's, that's the worst. It like, is. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, they have to play. Yeah. I suppose, like, I know we're getting to the business end of the season, but there is a championship coming up. Players need this time. Is the last one, these are the last couple of games now before the season's over, isn't it? And there's one in May. It was one at the end of May, is not Yeah. Oh, so it's after the Premiership is, is done. I'd prefer if we could finish the season early and then they could exactly. go off with their teams. So well, for a month and yeah, have Absolutely. Have a that. camp and have a couple of, like, behind closed doors and a couple of friendlies. But whatever they want to do, I think... Because that gives them like more time playing together. It's not broken up as much as it is. Exactly. From if you're Roy Hodgson or if you're Martin O'Neill, that extra 
two weeks before a World Cup or your big championships. It's far more useful than having a player fly in Sunday and Monday, you train for a couple of days, friendly, fly somewhere, friendly, and then as soon as that friendly's over, you're gone. And going back to it's the, not useful. The, the rugby that we talk a lot there, like, they, they seem to have the right idea. They have a lot more camps that they have, and it, yeah. it, they stay with the squad for well, months. I think with the rugby, the majority of the money, if not all of the money, comes from the international yeah. side. Yeah, like the, the IRFU central contract. Apart from in France. Yeah, yeah. But where it all comes from, rich... Uh, Billionaires, <laughs> it's a billionaire's playground, right there. <laughs> but like apart, apart, as opposed it, to poor billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I said billionaires. No, I, I said rich billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like in, growing up, when, when you so when you play rugby, kind of you grow up and want to play for your country rather than play for it. Like you, you want to play for your province, you want to play for your team if you're in England or whatever. But. You want to play for your country. Yeah, it's the pinnacle. There's still places. I think if you look at in at Munster, there have been times when I think O'Gara's parents said well, Munster was a more important Back in 2009, before the Grand Slam, the thing was Carney kind of questioned whether the Munster lads cared more about Munster than they did about Ireland. I, I think there, there have been times when that is true. I think you'll get that. I think if, if you're a, kid, a local kid who's grown up idolising and, and the country isn't that important to you, then maybe you'll have more affinity with your club, but yeah. In football, it's definitely good around them. More people want to play yeah. your, your club rather than... I, I think almost now we've got to the stage where the Champions League is bigger than the World Cup. And is it, yeah, in most countries, I'd still, there's still places where to wear your national jerseys. I think if you're from Brazil, I think wearing in, that Brazilian yeah, in jersey... In Europe, it's probably bigger. Yeah, exactly. I think in Europe... I think, well, I think if you, look, if you look at the best players in the world will play in the Champions League, whereas they won't always play in the World Cup. Well, no, yeah, true. But if you look That's at... That's a very fair point. Yeah. If you look at the US, maybe the US national team is still far more important than any, any club for, for American players. I think it depends on where you are. I think, yeah, like you said, in Europe, it's very much you want to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or, or Man United or AC Milan there, but those kind of things. They're far more prop, or prominent than in other... Obviously, you have people like Aguero and who want to go back and play for their childhood club, but I think wearing the Argentina jersey or wearing the Brazil jersey or wearing the US jersey matters hugely to those countries <laughs> no I, I wouldn't say it, it doesn't matter but I just think if you're looking probably advertising money wise Champions League final oh. is, is probably reaching that stage where it's the biggest it's still probably like the most watched is probably still the World Cup final though as well it is yeah I think and, and, and that might never change no I don't think that will change because it has like it all, has all, the all, all of us who watch the Champions League final will all watch the World yeah. Cup final but yeah. I think it reaches a greater audience because it's on national TV as opposed to behind a paywall. Like if you look Champions yeah, League, no, that's also very true, Sky for us, Fox, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Where BBC, RT, it's the... But it, it's also, there is a, if your country gets to a World Cup, your entire country watches that. You know what I mean? You, you're guaranteed... Oh, you're, you're just, if, if you're not even a sports fan, you're, and not so much, you know, so in rugby, I, I did notice a lot of people who weren't necessarily rugby fans got behind Ireland oh, yeah, for the World Cup. Especially but, for the last one. But the Euros this summer is going to be crazy. You're going to have people who aren't sports fans at all, and they are going to be in the pubs. They're going to be. I I, I, in, in, I think pub. the Euros is not as big. I think it's not as, I'm not saying it's as big as the World Cups now, but you're it's going to be. You're going to see so many people who aren't fo- football fans who are going to be in the pubs cheering them on. I know again, it's not it's not quite World Cup level, but you're you're going to see a lot of hype around it. You will, you will. I think, it, especially if, if, especially if, if we get off the win, yeah, exactly. If they win the first game, then I think you'll see the bandwagon is. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think. 
it will take a win for it to properly become a, a giant sporting event there. It'll, it'll yeah, be it'll be because knockout, if we got to a knockout, it's the knockout part. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, if we're going to the last sixteen, then yeah. I think as well with the the rugby, we got kind of five, well, four weeks of building. Like win, 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 win. You don't get that chance in the football. Like if we win four games in the Euros, we're in what the quarterfinals. At the, well, but we've already won a knockout game. Whereas with the rugby, like yeah. it's not like it also comes in and rugby Ireland have a chance to win the thing. In football, we yeah. don't, and, yeah. and and that doesn't matter. Do you agree? Greece? We could and, and Euros. Euros. <laughs> to Denmark. Denmark in. in 92 and 92 I don't think they hosted it no they weren't hosting it no because they weren't meant to be in it so <laughs> yeah I said, I said, yeah, it'll be huge but I think yeah in, in some countries it'll always be the football I do think like because I'll watch the game tomorrow night now as well I'll probably have it on in the background or whatever but I am actually really looking forward to this year as now and a lot more so because I know we're in it as well like I still, I'd still watch the Euros I'd still look forward to it but it's that little thing that I, I kind of forget sometimes that we're actually going to be in there as well. I, yeah, I think once the Premier League season finishes, once the rugby season finishes, and then you have that's that the main focus. That's when it's suddenly going to kind of kick in for me. I think I'm not going to there yet. I think fine. The Germany game was huge. The the Bosnia game were brilliant. But they were a long time ago in, in sporting terms. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the Poland it, game was massive. Coming off the back of that big win against France when we were all in Cardiff, like I know we didn't win it. But that, that was probably the biggest football match I can remember for quite a while for build us. Up. We, we were in Cardiff for that. And like, it was just... Like build up or yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The, was, just the whole kind of the, the, the day. Club, like the, the, the club, which wasn't even an Irish bar, like, we're nearly forced to turn the sound on because no one was dancing and no one was listening to music. It was, yeah. Everyone was just glued <laughs> to the screen. And then it was like... It was, it was, cause it was, there was no commentary and stuff. And then kind of 10 minutes in... It was like it was almost announced. Like, do you want the commentary? On? <laughs> it was, yeah, please. And, and it was announced, and they had to do it, like, because that's what everybody was there for. Mm-hmm. But really? like, there was the same on the line essentially that Poland game as there was the Bosnia. Like, winners got through. Mm-hmm. Got through, but that that was completely. Like, the Bosnia game was kind of anti-climax. Like, we were all delighted to get there, but. There was the fog thing and we couldn't even see the goal. <laughs> that, was, it was just, that, was, that was amazing. It was, just a, that, bit, that it was, was a bit bizarre, to be honest. It was. But Do you that think was, we kind of expected a little bit more to be Bosnia rather than Poland as well? It, it also maybe, because you but had to, like, incorrectly, maybe we had this kind of sense that yeah. we were better than Bosnia. But, but like, we over were. the two legs, we, we were did, better we than Poland. We think, were right to, to, to expect better than Maybe we hold Poland as a, a higher standard. But they are a better team. I think there's no doubt. Poland are better than Bosnia. They both kind of have that one good player up front as well. But I think Poland's one is a lot better. And Poland have... Uh, they have a few other players. Have, have better they, they just haven't been performing at the, high, at the level they probably should be. Like, if you look... I think Bosnia have Peace, Pjanic as well, who underperformed. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was very poor. Peace Cech Dortmund, Klajikovski at Dortmund. Yeah. They're Champions League finalists. Like, they have good players. It's because we don't necessarily... They're not playing in the Premier League, therefore we don't necessarily know all of them, but it doesn't mean they're not good players. They're going to play in Germany as opposed to England or, or France. So. Yeah. I think in, ger- in general, because we don't get the German league over here, the Bundesliga, I think we do miss out on a lot of that kind of Eastern European player. So. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, I suppose that's enough football talk for the moment anyway. Um, UFC, how's, how's things in the UFC anyway? <laughs> Three <laughs> 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 things in the world of the <laughs> <Yeah. USC. laughs> Stephen. 
I suppose the big the news, news yeah. you can agree is that um, New York will host MMA from now on the, the ban is finally lifted absolutely but I think more importantly for me is that I got my two predictions right for the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Australian event <laughs> Mark Hunt won by knockout yeah and um, after a pretty fiery start from Hector Lombard he tired and Magni was able to put him away in the third round so did you have a bet, I didn't, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Two exciting fights, and as Stephen said, the, the real big news is that the, the UFC and MMA is now allowed in New York. And, yeah. Uh, well, I think know some big ones there. Well, you? I think Lorenzo Fertitta has already hinted at potentially two events there this year. Yeah. But so. they, they had an arena booked. They for book it every year. Yeah, it's in, in, in the hope they book Madison Square Garden Madison every year. They have yeah, they have it ready to go. Just they haven't been able to actually physically put the event on. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say the first event there is obviously going to be spectacular, and they're going to want to put on a show. Yeah. So expect some big fights. It's, it's going to be like a, be a proper box office one. You see two or two, two or three type time, or doing? I'm is, not it, sure. is there a scheduler? And I'm not sure who who's going to be. Do you think like, like a lot of the their, likes of McGregor and stuff at it? Well, I think McGregor is going to be at 200. I think yeah. that's all confirmed. John Jones is obviously fighting um, Daniel Cormier pretty soon. So they're three of the big stars that are already booked. So I suppose it's going to depend how things go. I think Jones is from the New York area, maybe greater New York area. So there's that. And then there's Frankie Edgar, who's from Jersey. So they've got Chris White. And like they've got lots of stars they can do. Long time guys, maybe. If Weidman could be yeah. Rockholes, they could have like the third fight there, and that, then you got like the hometown boy against the the guy like against Rock um, Rockhold for the, like the rubber one all going into that. But yeah, maybe Rousey's comeback. Ah, yeah, she's not. She's the, probably the biggest. She's definitely the biggest star that's not booked or being spoken about being booked at the moment. That's perfect, actually. Yeah, because they said if she's not at two hundred, if they do go with home and take two. Then they can put Rousey whenever. They can, and it doesn't even need to be again for the title. Just Rousey going back. Either one's a huge story. Like if it's if they do home Misha too and Misha wins, they could give Rousey a rematch against home and then set that up as her get going back for the title. Yeah. But then again, they might not want to risk that in case she loses it again. They might want to put her straight against Misha because they feel she's got a better chance of winning that one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Speaking I think of, the safer option is to give her Misha again, but for the UFC definitely. Yeah, speaking of two one, then who, who Connor, who will you get? I'm not it, sure. The Diaz rumors got pretty, they got pretty strong for a while, but they're kind of quieting down a little bit now. I saw even mock posts has drawn up of it already. But yeah, I saw. I've seen some fantastic <laughs> <mock-ups>, <laughs> potential uh, two hundred lineups, but is it coming from UFC? Is it coming from Connor's camp? Is it coming from Diaz camp? Um, MMA media in general it's it just seems to be just lots of different more, lo, yeah right. but obviously there's no smoke without fire kind of thing well so in if, if, if you compare it to tabloids and football there's always smoke without fire so it's it a different thing see him fight Aldo fight Diaz again like do you have a preference yourself Frankie I'd love to see him beat Diaz yeah <laughs> not necessarily fight him <laughs> <laughs> Um. I heard something about. I like I, I like Diaz. He was one of one of my favorite fighters when I first started watching um, MMA and UFC. So, if they could put that on that again, I would love it. And what did they fight at last night? One seventy. I no, I I heard. I don't know how true it was, but I heard there was talk of like the two of them fighting at one fifty five, which was 
kind of was it was what Connor was supposed to fight at before Dos Anjos got yeah. injured. That would make more sense. Would but he then get yeah, he, he, that's where where he that's fights most regularly. Yeah, yeah it's, it wouldn't be an issue for him. I think the thing was like if this is a rematch, the reason to do it is because. Connor wants it. Connor wants to prove wants that to he pr- could do it. So he would want to do, prove that he could do it at one seventy. He want to prove it at one seventy, or just that he can beat Diaz. I, I think he would want to do it at the same weight class. But then again, maybe maybe the win would be. Like, to, to, to be honest, if they fought at fifty five, they probably would weigh close to one seventy anyway. Come come fight night. But then again, they Diaz would, they would have been above that. Yeah, but Diaz was up at one eighty, one eighty five, possibly. So apparently, he was much bigger. He he's a he's a big man. Like yeah. He's Diaz is he's six one foot the, one. He's taller than Daniel Cormier. He fights as a light heavyweight. He was one of the so, first guys who uh, who was taller than Conor going into fight as well. And he he was a lot taller. You could see that the that the reach yeah. it was a it was a struggle. Conor trying to punch up instead yeah. of down, which he's used to. He wasn't used to it, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of Conor, did you hear the news that Orti uh, have banned the Budweiser Conor McGregor ad? You broke the news. I broke the news to you. It kind of sh- shocked you at that. The thing one. is, it is. Are they right to ban the ad? No, not in not the slightest. If it was Conor McGregor sitting there getting wasted, sitting in the corner of an Irish bar going, drink but young ones, fair enough. He doesn't hold a can of it, he doesn't mention. If you say that now, I, I smoked 40 a day ever since RT showed the Benson and Hedges Masters and this new <laughs> but, but people people have said that because the, re- so the reason that the ad is banned, according to RT, because it passed all the off-com stuff. But... One word? One phrase? Oh. That he mentions the young ones somewhere in the ad. No, no, the reason that they said that it was banned was because it's using an idol to influence kids. Right? But... I'm sure Carlsberg are using the Irish football team. Are they not influencing every kids? single ad? Uses every single person exactly. ad, every single beer ad, every single food ad uses a famous person to sell their product. Exactly. And the thing is, the stupid part from their point of view is the only time or here ever get Conor McGregor on their screens is going to be that ad because they can't pay him enough to to appear. They can't get the rights to his. He's fight. been on the late late show a couple of times. But I think that was in his early days. Yeah, that was when so, he was like when he was. Breaking through. Yeah, this is going to mean that a massive cash out for everybody involved with Conor McGregor and Orchie are going to throw it away because he's not going to... He obviously knows it's happened. They've obviously, he knows the ad is banned in Ireland on Orchie. Next time Orchie asks him for an interview or asks him to do something for them, they're going to go, well, why would I? You don't want me on your so, screen. So it's not, as Orchie say, encouraging kids to drink. No, not at all. Like, you, you would not know that that is an ad sponsored by Budweiser apart from... They do have the logo at the, the top of the screen at the end. At the end. You know, that isn't even for the drink itself. It's for, it's for a promotion to win a competition. To win a competition. Look, you see, you look at the things RT have shown on, on, on Irish television involving alcohol over the last 20 years. Be it soaps, where people are drinking copious amounts and getting wasted and beating crap out of each other. Should it's look a fair thing. city when they were going through the whole Billy, Billy Means they were like drug dealers beating up water, like girlfriends and stuff like that. <laughs> and they won't show an ad about an aspiring sports star who's like made it to the, the pinnacle of his... Is and to be honest, the ad, the ad is a superb ad. Oh, it's fantastic. It is, inter- like, it is an inspirational ad. It's very well done. It's very... Like different cities, kind of the different yeah, style. Yeah, it's, 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 and he's, so he's brought the UFC to Ireland twice. Like he may only have appeared on one of the two cards, mm-hmm. but 
they probably wouldn't have been back the second now had it not been for him. And so he be brings again. money in for the they coaching. They will be back yeah. again as well. And and it, it's ridiculous. It should, if they did want to ban it, should they have maybe done it and they could show it after the watershed even? If, if they if, needed if to. If they needed to. Why ban it outright? Because there, there are certain ads that you can't show. There is. This is something. This is not to do with. This is a thing. This is something else. Or this is an RTE issue. This do you think not, maybe they've requested recently enough to try get him on for an interview of something and he refused? Maybe. Like they maybe maybe tried to get him I on the show or something when he was home. I think they're so not taking. Home before you, before the they're not taking on Conor McGregor. They're taking on Budweiser as well. I think that that's a dangerous thing to do because Budweiser is a huge company. As in, I know RTE. You know, they don't have much in connection with them, but. They're not taking... It's not an ad for Conor McGregor. Like, they had Notorious. Was it, was it RT had Notorious? Or TV3? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so RT had Notorious. Six parts. So they've, they've brought him... Like they've, they brought him to terrestrial television in Ireland as, as well as, as TV3 have. So it's like... It's, if you're banning it for a, a fair reason, fair enough. If you, Like you said, if he's there sitting there, sitting at a table getting absolutely hammered force-feeding beer or force-feeding wickets and the kids then you know what I mean that, that's you, you can say fair enough but it, it, it's a good ad it's an inspirational ad like I said it's not even promoting I know it's sponsored by Budweiser but it's not even promoting the beer now it is obviously because it's an ad and Budweiser is emblazoned on on the screen but that's a, that's it's a secondary a point of the ad more than anything it's, else it's, it's an absolute joke is what yeah. it is yeah. rant over yeah. <laughs> that's what you really think <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, the the last topic we had here to cover then was the Formula One that started last weekend. Um, the reign of Nico begins. There we are now. Stephen, how do you feel about that? And ends in ten days in Bahrain. <laughs> is is this, is this Nico's year? I nope. think so. Nope. I think Hamilton's been found out now. The new uh, the new tactics are in play. You cannot have uh, communication between your uh, your pit crew. So. Nico is going to use this to his advantage and do what he did at the weekend, just right. win races. Nico's level behind that. <laughs> Nico's level behind Hamilton. It's that simple. If you put those two in the same car, wait, they, they did last year. in the same car. That's my point. If you let me finish the sentence. You put them in the same car, wait, they did, and Hamilton won last year. And Hamilton won the previous year. And he's won three world titles. And Nico's been in the car for the last two beside him. So, third time's a charm. Yeah, Nico was. I think he won the last four if I raced in a row. But the, the four he won or the three he won at the end of last season were after Hamilton had already celebrated the title and literally was without getting pissed those nights. Like, Hamilton without celebrating for those last three races. So this one, Nico won. Hamilton had a bad start, couldn't catch up. Yeah, the terrible starts. Often. Yeah, first to fifth in, in, yeah. by, by the first corner. Um, but Hamilton is, is a world-class driver. And, and, and Rosberg has shown in the past that when the pressure is on, like at Monza, I was last year, he'll make a mistake. He had that race won, made a stupid mistake, Hamilton goes by. Hamilton is a better driver. Hamilton's a better overtaker. Hamilton is, is better mental attitude. And he's just we'll he's simply he's better. a better uh, tactician, though. Well, he is, because he's, he's driven Nico off the road. He's, Isn't that illegal? Legal. <laughs> legal. <laughs> he hasn't done a Schumacher, but he's legally driven Ham, Ham, uh, Rosberg off the road. Do you think, like, uh, I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a huge Hamilton fan. I'm, I'm not defending him because I love him as a driver. I, I don't, but he's just simply better. Do you think Vettel and Ferrari can uh, make challenges here? Um, I don't know yet. I think 
Vettel's still, a world class driver. We all know that. So it, yeah, if it, it, Ferrari can maintain yeah, that. I think they the, the talk was that they made leaps and bounds. Kind of this. It year. was yeah. See, what happened with the qualifying where they tried this new elimination knockout? Where yeah, everyone gets knocked out. They've they cancelled that though. Like. It failed. It didn't work. So and Ferrari sat in the garage. So we don't know about pure out and out speed. And the first race of the season, it, it's always in Australia almost, and it's always different. It's the first race back. Some teams bring everything new they have to the first race. Some give it a couple of races and bring everything back when, when everything moves back to Europe. It's, it's too early to tell if they, if, if they can close the gap. Um, but you make, make it really interesting, though, if there was oh, like it, another yeah. team in there as well, not just... Absolutely. Oh, if there was course. a four-driver race as opposed to a two, it would be huge. But And for the sport alone, because... Having a rivalry like Rosberg and Hamilton is is good for the sport. Yeah. But having a rivalry involving multiple teams is it, far... great for the sport. It, it, exactly. You've got, you've got it, it good is. for the sport and you've got great for the yeah, sport. Yeah, because two good drivers, if you're in the same car, that's the race. If one of them spins off, that's it. Race yeah. pretty much over. Yeah, I think Ferrari won two or three last year. So they can win races now having not won in the previous two, I think. But... You need to have more than two competitive people for a classic season. Yeah, and as you said now, like because Vettel is proven that he's a world class driver. Oh, yeah. So if his car can kind of be there thereabouts with with Mercedes. And the thing is, as as I mentioned earlier, I don't think Rosberg can compete with him with Hamilton. So t- to make a special season, you need somebody who is at the same level. Do you think as if Vettel was Vettel in the same is. car as Hamilton? Would he would he beat Hamilton? I don't know. They never been in the same car, so it's like to say that. Hard. I think it would be fantastic. I think there was there was talk of Hamilton going to Red Bull a couple of times, whether it be to negotiate a better contract. I think it was around. Yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> and if, if he went to Mercedes and had a bad first season, but now he's obviously world champion again, so he made the right call. I'd love to see it. Um, if Ferrari are close enough, then you'll see it because they're the two best racers. I think if you look at them, I know people say Alonso, but Kimi, Kimi. He left and came back and he's there where is he? Is he Ferrari? Can he compete with, with, with the other two? I know he's he's won a world title, but I think those two are, are the two of this generation, along with Alonso, were the, the best drivers of generation. To have two of them competing would be fantastic because I, I really don't think Rosberg can compete with Hamilton over 17 races. Or 21 races, sorry. Speaking of Alonso, lucky man. Lucky man to say to walk away to walk away I would I would say lucky, but I also you have to give credit to the FIA and to the teams. If that had happened in twenty five years ago, oh, he'd be dead. He'd dead. Yeah, it 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 it's it's that simple. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You look at the, at the crashes that happened in. Did you see the in San Marino? Yeah, yeah. It was a, but the, no, the maneuver as well, like he just kind of. Oh no, no, he he didn't expect Gutierrez yeah. to break that early. Gutierrez broke that early and. Like the he just flipped, yeah. And it, like like you said, the car was in that absolute heat. No, how he no, they walked could, away. In fairness, the car is designed to break apart. That's the other thing. You kind of it might look as though everything, yeah. just, but the wheels are meant to go away from the car to a point such that they that they don't kill him as they're flying away. Yeah, the fact that uh, uh, he walks away and it, the weird thing was you can see him doing interviews after the race, chatting away and like it's amazing. Even you, you expect him to be injured from the crash, yeah. And apart from limping for the first few seconds afterwards, like it's it, it it's brilliant from the sports from the sports point of view. 
it shows the progress they've made. It, if you're driving 200 miles an hour, there's going to be crashes and there's going to be incidents and people will die. Like we saw Bianchi. Um, that will happen when you're, when you're going that fast if something major happens. But that will, I can't, can't remember who it was, but they did an interview before the race. I think, they said, I think they said, like, we put our lives on the line every time we race. Yeah. Like, it, it is true. You don't, even, you don't think of that when, when it's a sport. Like maybe you do when you think of like boxing or MMA when it's yeah. like a physical thing. When when they are driving at two hundred miles an hour, you say like they are putting their lives mm. on the line. Yeah, and it's like you look back in the sixties and seventies, and it was normal for people to die. It, it was that simple. I, I think Zachary Stewart used to say like he lost fifteen of his best friends or fifteen friends has died in that sport mm. over the years because of car crashes, and to. For the impact of of that crash, and he walked away. Now, if if he hits a, if 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 that accident happens differently, and it's been the over, and he, and he hit something, he could be he could be dead. Yeah, but thankfully he wasn't. Exactly, wasn't exactly. And there was with Halo. Yeah, exactly. Some people say it would have. It would have. He wouldn't have out of the car as quickly. I don't think that's who true. Who was it that was in the pit lane and the car went on fire? Reckon, that was Kimmy, I think. And but like he, he kind of jumped out, but he wouldn't have got out. I I find from from the designs I've seen of Halo, it's not going to be more. It, it it doesn't encase you in. Essentially, you have three pillars: one directly in front of you, and two either side. And then there's the halo ring around it, such that if it's basically an extra, what is it, maybe thirty centimeters, sixty centimeters higher. Such that so your head is down. now, yeah, your head is now not going to take any impact if it hits the ground or if there's tires flying around, it'll hit this halo. But from the looks of it, you can you can still climb up the top. Yeah, is it? There's still a large enough gap that you're not going to be trapped in it. Like a bit, if if that crushes or something, then yeah, maybe. But it's designed to to save them from impact and from tires. And as the testing is currently happening, it's doing that. Now, they're talking bring it in by the end of or the start of the next season. Providing go through testing, and that's not matter. If it, if it gets through testing and it's safer, I know no a problem with it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so let's wrap it up. You know, uh, sad news today about uh, Johan Cruyff as well. Um, lots going on today now, but uh, sadly passed away at the age of sixty eight after battle with uh, lung cancer. I know at the start of the year he had said that he was kind of defeating it and stuff, but yeah, he said he was two nil up, two nil up, two nil up, half time. Half time. But like one of, the, one, one of the one of the one of the best ever, like the yeah. turn, like like you have a move named after you, like and yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's always Something difficult. That, uh, Lalana has built his career on. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I, I think you can just watch what Cruyff did after the turn and, and take it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you look at at it's kind of difficult from our generation because. We obviously didn't see him play in this like, We've all seen footage. We've seen videos. And we've seen the, the World Cup. So we've seen his performances for Ajax and Barcelona and Cliff. But when you hear of respect to everyone in the game around the world, whether it be rivals, whether it be teammates, whether it be his or anybody. Yeah, so I saw some of the current Dutch players like Van Persie and stuff coming out today and saying like, the best there ever was and best there ever will be to quote Bret Hart like <laughs> but like it, it, just saying like it's why they play football when they're younger after seeing him play well, and stuff if you look at the influence he had as a footballer it's huge 
And then you look at the influence he had as a manager on, on Will Football. You look at... Yeah, exactly. Barcelona still credit him for starting off... Setting the foundations. Well, oh, he, yeah, yeah. He, he took the Ajax model and the Dutch model from the 70s, brought it to Barcelona Total in the 90s. Football. 25 years later, they now have six more Champions Leagues. Is it five or six? Probably having the, had the best club team in the world. Yeah, at yeah. the moment, definitely. Oh, and over the last decade, they're the best club team yeah. in the world. Most consistent... Yeah, within most time in the and league. and he is the person who who set that in place. So as well as being still need to catch Madrid, though, I think if 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 you give him ten more years, it's highly possible. <laughs> it's possible. It still needs to be done though. Like before, you oh. can consider them the best. No, I, yeah, I, no, 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 six or seven, I think they have now. I mean, I'm actually sure what they're at, but they were level with my United a couple of years ago, and yeah. now and suddenly they. They've, in the last decade, they've skyrocketed into the biggest team in football. There's no Real Madrid have the money, but it, it, globally, Barcelona right now are the biggest team in football. You can look at it, historical trophies, they don't have it. Money, they don't have it. Doesn't matter. They're still the biggest team. Yeah. And he's to, and he started that whole process. Um, he's one of, one of very few to reach the top as a player and as a manager. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that's his legacy that he did everything in football. And he did it at the highest level. Except those winning the World Cup but he got to the final. He got the Holland team in the World Cup got final. The not easy. Exactly. One them, they, they went one up because of the penalty he won and everything. Yeah. Um, so like... There was a fair bit of controversy in that uh, final from what I remember. <laughs> like the, the highlights of it. I think the Dutch side probably should have won it but as it went... Fishing Germans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't... They don't lose many finals when they get there. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, I know Stephen, you wanted to mention as well um, some some good news for the Irish. Some very good news for, for your uh, for your monster monster mates. Cork mates. Um, <laughs> Put on your yeah, best accent. The big news that it's not been it's not one hundred percent confirmed because I think IWF still have to ratify it. But with the I think there's been the appeal of six Russian athletes have been basically denied such that the band they, they had been given are now fully enforced such that Rob Heffern is now Ireland's latest Olympic medalist going from 4th to 3rd in London 2012 and Otto Lachnan is now a world champion going from 2nd to 1st in the 2009 world championship so like, it's a huge day like, for like Lachnan, it's it's seven years ago she retired in like, twenty thirteen, so your career is finished, and then suddenly you become a world champion. It's it's so something that pretty much nobody will get to experience how she feels in. No, because like it's I don't know what they're going to do because it it hasn't been confirmed, and we don't know if Alex Ireland are going to do something if the Irish Olympic Council are going to do something or whatever happens but something needs to be done to mark this because yeah. we only have I was looking at it earlier we have 24 25 Olympic medalists in our history yeah. he is a new one and he could add a second one yeah. he's, like, he's, he's competing at a high level in, in Rio he could be a, a double Olympic medalist you have to celebrate all be, these medals yeah, absolutely yeah. but besides that he's also the, only the third track and field athlete like it's it's a huge achievement that 
he didn't get to celebrate with everyone else. Some parties in Munster this day uh, and in Cork this Easter weekend. But no, because he's training for Rio. <laughs> he can't <laughs> celebrate. The Munster, the Munster clan anyway. That just Wait, do you know what I mean? It's like he's lost his chance to celebrate that. He had to go to the heartbreak of London. Now, maybe it spurred him on. And he could reach And maybe he, he could, as you said, push on and he'd, yeah, like he's, he'd he's, truly celebrate then. He is a world champion. So he's... Like, Copacabana Beach. He has had that celebration of of being a world champion. So at least from his point of view, he has that. The way Olive won't get that. So it'd be nice to see if the, either the Olympic Council or Athletic Ireland do something for them. Because I think they deserve it. Mm. A proud day for her sport. Proud day for her sport, definitely. Um, so we've talked kind of long enough for this pod, but I suppose it's time to wrap it up. But um, Making up for last week. Making up for last week, <laughs> exactly. Making up for last time. Uh, before we go, though, the question. How many drop goals are scored in this year's Six Nations? Neither of you look very confident there. So sometimes you always, I, I can tell when you is really... Yeah, last week I was more confident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm racking my brain. All I can think of is, is Parisa in the first week. <laughs> That's all I can see. Every other drop goal. Just to confirm, it's not drop goal attempts, is it? No. The question was, how many drop goals were scored in this year's Six Nations? Okay, I'll go first. Okay. One. One, okay. Three. Three. Okay, Stephen, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was one. It was in the opening game of the tournament in Italy's Carlo Canna scored a drop goal in the opening game. I watched that game, I don't remember. <laughs> that was it, yeah. I was sure Bigger got one, but obviously not. No, there was a fair few attempts in the first weekend as well. I thought Ford missed one, I think, against yeah. France. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of attempts. Um, but yeah, only one. Yeah. And it's, it's the... It's, it's, I think it's the, if it's not the longest, second longest kind of period of time in the tournament between goal, between uh, drop goals. Right. Yeah, it's just going out of the game, it seems. Um, so, so they say that uh, Northern Hemisphere teams don't play attacking rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proof right there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that's it for this week's new and improved show, hopefully. <laughs> Hope new and longer show. New and longer show. <laughs> so they might have to uh, start that out for next week. But hope you all enjoyed as much as we did. Uh, we did have some great interactions with some of our listeners on social media over the past few days and we're looking forward to continuing this interaction over the coming weeks and months. Um, <laughs> something funny, Stephen? No, no, no. no. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, please reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at One More Round, on Twitter at, at One More Round Pod. Come and say hi. Anyway, until next week. Thanks, lads. Thank Take you. Care. Get up, you son of a bitch! It's making up.